Hey everyone, welcome to Voices on the Side with me, Leah Kim. I intended to get this episode out before the end of 2023 as the final episode of my season two, but I failed. (laughs) So here we are, 2024. I hope you are doing well and that you found some joy and some rest over the season and that you are re-energized and ready to do whatever work it is that is close to your heart. I'm continuing to have these incredible conversations with people whose identities are typically not represented in the mainstream. And I'm expanding. I'm I'm expanding from what initially started as a project talking to Asian women. And moving forward, you will see more racial identities, more gender identities, and just generally realizing that this siloed existence that many of us have felt, I think is just by design, is to keep those of us with really rich cultural backgrounds and connections to ancestral practices is just to keep us quiet and less powerful, to push more of a mainstream agenda. And I think what we have really realized over the last two, three months is that there is so much power in more of us unifying. And so you will keep seeing more varied conversations here, and I'm really proud to bring them to you. Okay, so this conversation is with Alice Sparkly Cat, who goes by Ace. Ace is an astrologer and an author of the book Postcolonial Astrology. They also run a really great website with a blog and also really love their Instagram. They use social media in a way that I find really inspiring and different to the constant self-promotion that I think a lot of accounts tend to do. And this conversation I find really fun. I have a lot of questions when it comes to astrology. It's something that I've always been interested in but never really deeply understood and still have a lot of questions. But I think Ace contextualizes it to mean something in regards to current events and in regards to how we relate to each other. I do want to say this episode was recorded in early October and we make no mention of what has happened over in the Middle East and It feels kind of funny to listen to it in hindsight in that way, but it was recorded early on and I have actually already recorded a second conversation with Ace that will be coming out in the next few weeks. So I think it'll be a good bookend of the way Ace and I met each other and related in the early days of October versus a couple weeks ago in December. And 
you'll see it, you'll definitely see a change of perspective and topic from this episode to the next. Ace is my first return guest, so I'm very grateful to them for that. And yeah, I think this episode, I really wanted it to get out before the end of 2023 because there's quite a mystical, ethereal quality to some of the topics that Ace and I get into. And I thought that would be appropriate for the season, but maybe it's equally appropriate as we go into a new year that I certainly hope will be, (sighs) I hope we will see more peace. I hope we will see more equity. And I hope that I will be able to follow through on my part in continuing this fight for justice. So please enjoy this mystical conversation with Ace. Can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been practicing astrology? And I mean, yeah, that's a good place to start. (laughs) Yeah, I've been practicing astrology for eight years. I mean, you know, it seems shorter in my head. So I say out loud, eight years, it seems like a long time. What did you do before then? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Or like, did it, you know, like, how did it land in your life? It's not like something that people really see as a career path when we're young people. Um, So I feel like there's not many people who are like, oh, like, you know, like my career choice, my dream job is to become an astrologer from because it's not like yeah it's not something you major in either and then I was doing all kinds of things I was doing like what I had retail I was doing like data entry a little bit too so I mean yeah different things you know and then, um and then it's funny because doing astrology I didn't think it would be like a full-time thing ever but then it's become that at the end of the day so it's changed a lot for me like through that transition and then because of it and I mean, astrology's become more popular during that time as well. Because before it's like, okay, well, I'm just working whatever job and then doing astrology as a, you know, as a hobby. Like, I mean, not really hobby, just something I do with people. And then it's like, okay, this is kind of a job. I think I mentioned in my first email to you that I've had an astrologer since um, 2007. And I was in LA teaching yoga. So for me and my immediate world, it was very normal to like have an astrologer, you know, like it was just because I was in a very quote, woo woo environment, but you're totally right that where it has gone to now over the last decade, couple decades, um, it's really interesting. And Oh, I think much more respected because you realize that astrology is not what you read at the back of Cosmo magazine. I don't even know if that magazine still exists, but I always think of, you know, like the back page of fashion magazines where it has your horoscope and it's just like, oh, you, you're a Virgo. Then this is what you need to look out for this month or, you know, and it, you, it's totally not that that's like, I mean, oversimplification doesn't even begin to describe what that is, right? It's just so much more than that. And then when you bring in all the other, so I also look to other, I don't know what you call it, like intuitive guidance or divine guidance or other systems. I incorporate it all just to kind of guide me through, I guess like bigger decisions, not so much like what should I have for lunch today, but more like 
what is this like feeling I'm getting of being called to investigate this part of me or this part of what I'm interested in, you know, and I do find a congruence from whatever system I'm going to, like whether it's Western astrology or um, I've done other like healing, I don't even know what you call it, therapies with people. Um, And then you mentioned Asian cosmologies as well. And we know we have um, in Korean culture, I was asking my sister-in-law who's Korean from Korea. I asked her about Saju. That was, that's the system, right? That is in Korea. Yeah. And she was like, whoa, what are you? She was like, that's a really big question. I just was like, what, do you know anything about Saju? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, wait, wait, why are you asking? Are you thinking of going in to study that? It's like really, you know, complicated system. And I was like, oh no, I was just curious, like what you know about it. And um, because she maybe like a 12 years ago or so changed her name from her birth name to her current name, what she goes by. And a driving force for that was that she spoke to a Korean, I guess the translation is fortune teller, but that just conjures up like some really woo woo, strange imagery. I think it's a much more respected cultural practice to go I guess, yes, it's more like a shaman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, was advised to change her name. And I'm not sure the other details of what happened, but because she was, she really wanted to have children and like it wasn't happening and something to do with the name they felt. And then she got pregnant shortly thereafter and she has, you know, gone by that name ever since. And so um, I don't, and I was wondering if this Haju has to do with Korean shamanism um, I, I know nothing and I know you know more from the Chinese practice of it. Similar. Right. Yeah. I think it's similar. I'm not sure about it, but I think it's similar. There's like some techniques that are different, but you know who else changed her name because a shaman told her to yeah, is Lisa, I would say. <laughs> Lalisa from um, Blackpink. Yeah. See, so there's like, yeah. this like mystical. Yeah. It's worked out for her. No, what it power yeah. or energy, <laughs> something that has some kind of translation into real people's daily lives. Right. And I mean, is it's really wild. Is that how you use astrology as well? And how you speak yeah, to. It's kind of clients or how do you because my astrologer I should say has never said to me has never felt like fortune telling at all you know like has has never been like ooh, don't do this or you should do this or break up with this person or you know it's so much more nuanced the information and it's like but in hindsight she will have said something and like eight months later I'll look back at my notes and be like oh my God, she called it, you know? And, but it was not like, it's not like advice giving. It's, can you explain that? Like what I'm, does that make sense to you? It makes sense. Yeah. I think it just depends on what culture, like the idea of changing your name, um, like for a lot of people, it makes sense too. And then, yeah, you know, this is a funny story, but I got, I was getting into Bansu analysis. I was looking at my best friend's thing and I was like, oh, you have no wood. And they're like, why do you think my name has three trees in it? <laughs> so I feel like you, you know, you talk to people about this stuff and you're like, oh shit, like your parents have been into this for, I mean, you know, like for your name, um, it's pretty common too. So it's like, it's in there with what people call themselves, with how they think of themselves. 
like Western astrology, it tends to be more psychological, but like, what is the psyche? It's, you know, it's not just something that's in here in the brain. It's something that we live outside of too. And then, yeah. So, I mean, what you call yourself, what your name is, it can totally be part of the psyche if you think of it that way. I mean, not all the time too, because, you know, some people have a name and then it's not important what it means to them. And that's totally fair. Yeah. See, I think this is where the whole idea of, yes, there's this information from the, from the cosmos or whatever, however we want. I feel, I feel it's so difficult to put language to all these ideas. Like our language is so limited, but okay. There's like, we have our birth cosmology, our birth charts, whatever. Um, but then there's the idea that we're, we have free will. We are conscious beings that make conscious or also subconscious, I guess, choices constantly. So we're also impacting, right? Like, it's like, we're not just living out a mapped out, like pre-ordained existence, right? Like there's, do you think also like how much one kind of believes in something impacts? Like this, with the name example, Mm -hmm. if take my sister-in-law, if she, she really believed in it, And maybe for somebody else, I had that same conversation. They didn't believe in it. They don't really care. Maybe they changed their name, but they didn't really go by it. And then, you know, like, or is it, does it make yeah. sense to you that the results could be different, you know, like your own belief impacting? I know, right? Like we, we know so little about the origin of languages and I mean, we know a lot, but we also know so little. And then it is a question, like when you name something, because like so few of us choose our own names and then we do I mean I chose my own name but like yeah you know the the act of choosing your own name like is it really a choice are you you know names are things that are given to you by what other people what they call you too and then if you were to name something like this is a biblical story even like Adam's task was to name things and then, yeah, is the name of something just like, you know, what we call it, or is it like an inherent aspect of the thing? And then that's language, too. And astrology, it's language system. So it's a big mystery. I don't know. Yeah. And how did you even, I always like to ask people this, how did you get your name? So my Korean immigrant parents were in Chicago when um, I was born. And um, I don't know if it was language barrier or what, but they were told I was going to be a boy. Yeah. And which for my Korean parents was like a great thing, you know, first born being a son. And my my dad's an artist as well. He went, he studied fine art and he taught fine art. And um, Leonardo uh, da Vinci is one of his greatest heroes. So he was like, obviously my my firstborn son is going to be called Leonardo. Like that was going to be the name. And then I was born and I was, you know, a girl and they were shocked because Mm -hmm. the whole pregnancy, they had been told that they were having a boy. And I'm also realizing this conversation is maybe quite archaic with like the whole, you know, gender binary, but this is my parents' story. This was their experience. And they were just like, well, we can't, I don't think we can name our daughter Leonardo. And somebody like at my dad's school where he taught was like, well, why don't you just call her Leah? That's pretty close. So <laughs> that's, so that's how they didn't, cause you know, they, they weren't like English wasn't their 
first, I mean, obviously that wasn't their first language and they were so set on this name Leonardo and they were happy with it, I guess, being close. Um, <laughs> Leonardo's a cool name. You know, yeah, I always think about this is like, like, you know, stories, writing stories. And then if you write an Asian American character, like what to call them to communicate to the reader that they're Asian American. Um, and then it's, it's kind of tough. Like, yeah. yeah, you can always call someone Kevin how many times, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really true. Wait, were you, did you, were you named Alice? I was, at- so I was born in China and then, okay. Uh, yeah. And then my name is Yanglan. Um, and then, so it was my, you know, my dad's family name and my mom's certain, or my mom's family name, like put together. And then, yeah, and then her dad has, like, ideas about gender equality, so he wanted all the females to be in the family tree. And then, um, so, yeah, you know, that's part of it. I actually recently asked my parents, like, for a new name because I wanted one with fire in my name, Mm. too. So they, yeah, they changed it to Yang Yulan. But um, I think it's, like, a, you know, it sounds like the word for you, like, Henan which is I'm from Hunan and then um yeah but my mom like she went to a fortune teller or something and then they gave her a name like when she was younger but then she forgot about it like when I was born so I didn't get <laughs> oh she she gave like the baby name yeah. like your future child should be called this name yeah 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 yeah. and yeah, then she forgot she forgot about it and then she remembered when I was like two she tried to change it but then it didn't stick so it was like <laughs> Uh, and then when we moved to the United States, like the first apartment we were living in, someone left like a dictionary there. So they just flipped it open. First girl's name. And then it was Alice. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay, I want another name. My best friend actually gave me the name Ace. So, yeah. I yeah. love that. It's so cool. And it has, it's derived. The letters are derived from Alice. So exactly. there's, yeah, they there's that. There, yeah. I mean, there's that linguistic <laughs> correlation, which I think is really cool. Um, but then I like that you also still keep it. It's all part, you're kind of like absorbing all the different all names that you've had, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I used to hate that my last name is, uh, my mom well, maiden last name is Kim, mm-hmm. um, for multiple reasons, partly because sometimes people just called me Kim, Yeah, you know, like, yeah. which it's just like, like, especially I'll write an email this still happened I think it just happened last week I'll write an email sign it Leah and then the response will be hey Kim and you, you just know yeah no I mean it's just like you just haven't I'm clearly not that important to you or you're not paying attention and that kind of sucks um yeah. but then also the other layer of not liking it growing up was like everyone knew I was Korean mm. well if you knew the name because Kim is pretty much always a Korean surname right yeah, yeah. and I felt like that came with all this um I don't know, all these assumptions, all these whatever. And I didn't want to be boxed in like that. And also like growing up Korean American, it's really, or any bicultural identity is like really confusing, you know, like it, like at home it's with, you know, with like immigrant parents, it's very much like you're in Korean, like Korean culture is like the defining thing. But then at school, it's very American. Yeah. And, you know, you're just like kind of in the middle and you want to, especially as a child, you want to fit in. And so you, I like rejected a lot of my Koreanness. I actually, this is one of my biggest regrets. It's not the hugest deal, but 
you know, like the normal, it's like boring now, but the whole thing of immigrants getting made fun of for our food, right? Our food smelling weird and and all this when we're little. And when you're a child, you really take that to heart, right? It's really hard to understand that that's about the other people's ignorance or judgment. Like you think something's wrong with yourself. So I was like, pack me bologna sandwiches, pack me Lunchables. Like what I do not pack me Asian food anymore. And I'm, I'm only using forks from now on. I'm like, not using chopsticks anymore. And it was like this rebellion, this American re- American girl rebellion, I guess, or something. And I really didn't use chopsticks. And as I got older, I was like, oh man, it's cool to use chopsticks. Like <laughs> I, I want to I use them again. And I, I think I was probably already in college, maybe late high school by the time I was kind of getting back to being proud or wanting to be proud or wanting to understand my Korean heritage. And I relearned the chopsticks incorrectly. Oh. Um, so, you know, like you're, How I, do you I, do cro- I cross them. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like some, I didn't do it right either. Really? Me. My husband is white and he uses chopsticks better. I do this. Oh, oh, really? You do them like that too? That's how I do them. You know why we do it like this is because um, little kids hold chopsticks like this. Like yeah. three-year-olds. And then like, you know, when you're an adult, you're supposed to hold it like this or something. Yes, but it's so hard. I think since we did it when we were kids and then we stopped doing it for a while, like maybe we just kept the three-year-old method. Right. Yeah. It looks okay. So like my my husband learned as an adult and he learned it properly. Right. So he like, you know, it's this funny thing where my, mm-hmm. when, as my son was wanting to learn, I'm like, oh, you got to ask your dad, you know, and <laughs> so he's funny. like, but you're the Asian one. I'm like, I know, don't learn it from me. I'm going to teach you the wrong way. And yeah. he he likes to be like, mom, this is how you do chopsticks. I'm like, I know my hands just won't do it. Like, right. Yeah. We're used to doing like this because yeah, all kids, all Asian kids do it like this. I mean, unless, right. you know, they have nimble fingers, but it's because their hands are too small. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you just made me feel a lot better about that. But I've always yeah, it's been okay. like, it works. <laughs> <laughs> it does work. It does. Yeah. But I, yeah. yeah. Um. Just, our hands are large enough to do the correct method, but we we didn't. It's learn. hard though. It's like the muscle memory is just fully ingrained, right? So yeah. it's just like it's yeah. yeah. I always took it as I, I'm gonna let go of that shame then. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just freed me from that shame. Um, how old were you when you moved to the states? I was so I was like a week from my sixth birthday, so I was like five or six. And you are you you your parents came over as well. Are they still in the states or? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. They came. So what happened was that my mom came, and then yeah, eight months later, me and my dad came. She brought us over. Yeah, yeah. And so my parents, they would have been, I guess, third Jupiter return, thirty six, something like that. Oh yeah, you mentioned your Jupiter return as to when you started studying astrology. Was that right? Second Jupiter return. Yeah, yeah. It was twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Mm-hmm. I only know about I only know about Saturn returns. What's Jupiter yeah. returns? Jupiter. It's so every, it's every twelve years. You know, you get your first one at the onset of puberty. <laughs> And it is kind of like a puberty each time. Right. So 12, 24, 36, 36, 48. 48. Okay. Yeah. So it's sort of like a, like a, not rebirth or or like a, some like going deeper into a certain 
layer of yourself or yeah, you, you could contest ideologies like you know um i mean unexpected things happen too i feel like jupiter return is a lot like it isn't like saturn return where it's like okay i gotta get your shit together jupiter is like i'm gonna throw something at you uh some of the time some people have like a lot of people i've noticed have kids during the third jupiter return Right. I was just going to say, well, how long is it though? Is it like, oh, just does it span a period? Yeah, a year. It's just one year. Yeah. So does it have to be, is it exactly then when everyone is 24? It's happening? Oh, no, every- yeah. No, it's okay. Like, it's it's like yeah. rough. It's, it's roughly, rough. right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people get it at 23. Some people get it at 24. This, like the same concept exists in Chinese astrology, but it's like, it's called your Benminian. And so it's like the repeat of your year pillar, like that animal. And then, yeah, I mean, it's seen as something that's really, like, kind of spooky, kind of bad. You have to ward yourself, like, from bad mm. things happening to you. But in Western astrology, Jupiter returns seen as, like, lucky. Like, it's your year of luck. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's a different opinion on the same thing. Now that you have so much information about it, as you look forward, like, as you look to future, mm-hmm. do you prepare is there anything you could do to like prepare or like no. can you yeah <laughs> it's just gonna so. be it's yeah. just gonna be thrown at you and you just have to be ready basically. right yeah it's like for example like it's like what's a good example it's um like oh, okay we all know that at some point like we're gonna cross a threshold where we're like okay like we've aged enough where like we can't keep working for example something like that it's like you know aging is something that happens to us but it's impossible to prepare for as well mm. yeah and so i don't yeah i don't think you can prepare for mm. like a development in your own mindset like increased maturity no. but also unexpected things you know no that's the same thing as like trying to prepare for like parenthood right exactly it's like the same thing like you can read all the books have all the conversations with other people but you just can't, there's no, there's no other way than to learn it while it's happening. Right. It's like, you know, you're going to become a parent for nine months. Yeah. 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 But like, you can't, you might as well not even read them. And for me, anyway, my experience was like, what was the point in reading anything? Because (laughs) it's not like the information isn't really immediately accessible. It maybe doesn't apply to your situation. Like you just have to like dive in and like feel the water be like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah um yeah were you can I ask you about your mm-hmm. like your relationship with your family of origin like was it like do you remember moving here and being yeah. you know like did you speak any English when you moved first no yeah I was like yeah. five or six so I mean I barely spoke Chinese but <laughs> <laughs> you barely spoke at all I'm gonna knock my computer <laughs> off the table um so you just learned you learned at school then you learned English at school. Yeah, I was in ESL and then special education uh, learning. Right. I mean, learning is English, all kinds of things as well. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember everything. I don't know why, but I have really crystal clear memories of when I was five, six, before too. I remember when I was a baby being washed in the sink. I mean, wow. You know, who knows though? Who knows? Because all our memories are reconstructed in the end. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that like, the memory is real but then maybe some details are filled in by what other people told you or yeah 
photos. Like I know I do it with like photos. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I was wearing. Yeah, because I saw the photo of it, but, yeah. but it like melds together to form the memory, right. which is true, you know? Yeah, this is what I remember is like, uh, we came and then uh, like my mom looked completely different. That's like, I haven't seen her for eight months. I'm oh, a different right. person. And then we came to the apartment where she was staying and then it's like, I've never seen so much space. I can't believe I get my own room. Like I was mm. really happy. I was like, I thought it was a hotel. I was like, is this a hotel? Like, um, I can't touch anything. Cause before <laughs> we're like, you know, staying with my grandparents and then all the women would sleep in one room, all the men in the other room. So, I mean, mm. I just couldn't believe I got my own room. And then my parents were like, leave us alone. We're going to take a nap. And then now I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, don't come in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you have si- you had siblings? No, I don't have siblings. Yeah, they're like you know. Um, yeah, I was born in China, one child comes. Right. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, but they were like, right. yeah, don't come in, and then they right. came out. They look really happy. <laughs> <laughs> did you learn? Did you not ever go in? Do, were you good I at following the rules? Like, I have my yeah. own room. I'm gonna hang out by myself. Or yeah, something. you were happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where were you growing up? I was in Iowa. So Ames, oh Iowa. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. That friend that I mentioned to you that is quarter Japanese grew up, she's from Iowa. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's the only other person I know, I think, from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting place in general. In the, hard to grow up in Iowa, like, if you're Asian. I, yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, I can't imagine there were, it was a very racially diverse no like school school right where you were and yeah yeah it's very yeah it's very white I think what like 97 percent of the population I was actually white so that's pretty high percentage and then but you know I was interesting people um it's like yeah it's not like other places I think because I've been you know now I live in Philly but I've been living in New York for so long and then people had this assumption about midwesterners but yeah i mean midwesterners they're like very imaginative very creatively complex um so yeah i mean i i like iowa to some extent and then all the chinese people we all kind of know each other too Mm. so it's like you see another asian person they're like okay how's your mom is kind of the environment so yeah, it's not like it's not that tough because there's a stronger sense of community when you like yeah where there's lesser where I mean the, right. there's just fewer people. Yeah, because you all know you kind of have to look out for each other and you yeah you have that also there's this like deep innate familiarity like I feel like most of the time when I see another Korean person just out like. I feel like I can tell they're Korean. I can't always mm. tell other East Asians generally, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. but I feel like there's something and it's only really in person. Like I, I can't always right. tell from a photo, but I feel like there's something. It's like, oh, we come from yeah. the same place. Like there's this like resonance. And, yeah. and then there's usually when, you know, if I'm talking, if I end up talking to that person, it's like, are you Korean? Mm-hmm. There's like a happiness. There's like a joy yeah. in like, oh, you're Korean too, yeah. you know? And I think like, especially being- Relate. Yeah, and like being in the States and it automatically fills in some blanks about like what our experiences may have been getting 
to this point in life, right? Like growing up Asian in America. Um, but that is a good point about even the places that aren't necessarily really diverse, you still have community because, I mean, that's how like Chinatowns and Koreatowns came to be, right? It's like it grew from those like maybe smaller mm -hmm places that had a few of those Chinese families and then more and it grows and you know you've kind of built this like safe yeah. safe culture there so that's cool and are they still in Iowa no my parents are in Philly that's why I moved here oh yeah I saw oh, them okay. yesterday actually oh, oh nice <laughs> what do they think about your astrology do you talk to them about it uh, I mean they're into my mom's really into astrology and then I don't know why I mean she yeah she's been into it like her dad was actually really into the easy so he left me a lot of books on it I actually just found the other day like handwritten notes from him in the books and then he died mm -hmm. so that was really special to me but he wanted to like be into it and then he was like like he couldn't. I think during the Cultural Revolution, you weren't supposed to study or something. But then he got back into it when, like, in his later year years. So he he was pretty interested. And then, uh, yeah. So maybe my mom's interested in that because of him. I'm not sure. And then my dad's not into it at all. And then I think that's because he like actually doesn't want it at all. I mean, this is my opinion about him. He probably has his own opinion. <laughs> like his family, it's like a lot of uh, like village doctors, so traditional medicine practitioners. Mm. And then I think because that knowledge was lost, he's just like, I'm, I don't know anything about it. But he actually, like he does know some things, but he just kind of, I mean, says that he doesn't know anything. I mean, it's so built into Eastern cultures, just like whether somebody does it as their profession or not, right? Just like the whole idea of Eastern medicine, even it's just like a thing like, oh, you yeah. do, you know, and it's categorized, I guess, more from the West as being an Eastern system or whatever. But I think like it's just built into our psyches and our just families and everything so that's really interesting that you're you have that tie to your grandfather he would have done the Chinese yeah cosmology that right yeah yeah I mean he but, was yeah. into Batsu he was into Yijing so yeah is that a yeah, different like, type you know, the uh yeah it's like the hexagrams like the lines the six lines that kind of thing okay yeah so it's all related but it's not like it's not the same practice right mm -hmm. do you when you are because I see when I follow you on social, you talk a lot about Western astrology, right? Like you, or, I mean, you talk about a lot of different things, but yeah, when you have people, I don't know, like when you're teaching people or reading for people, is it typically Western astrology? Yeah. Or are you yeah. Yeah. Because I'm working here. I mean, I'm in Philadelphia. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so people are familiar with like Aries through Pisces and then that's kind of the language that we use um I've tried to pull Banza into it so like looking at the Banza chart for each person and then at least like mentioning it but it's like yeah like because the like the sessions they're conversational so they have to be back and forth and collaborative so yeah it's important to use language that people are more familiar with and yeah i mean because it's like 
Okay, like for example, if we're talking about Vadza, it's like if someone sees me as having all the information and they can't talk back, then it doesn't work. Like I'm not an expert on this person's life. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so I mean, I have used it where people are like, "Oh, you know, I, yeah, I'm into this too," and then we can talk about it, and that's really cool. But yeah, just using whatever people can talk about, and yeah, I got into Western astrology through queer communities. So it is mm. something that like people have an understanding of, like this is my son, this is my moon. Yeah, here's yeah. how I experience it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that that was something that was a place that you felt called to go to when you felt like the rest of the world wasn't really accepting of your identity and just part it was part of trying to get clarity in your own identity. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it was like it was to have fun and then also like to like to be able to see yourself and then talk about different things with people yeah 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 did you get when you learned about more in depth and were able to apply it to your own kind of chart or you know like is that what you call it yeah (laughs) like you call it your chart right yeah um your chart did it help you realize things did it like kind of like I was saying about um like my son's diagnosis and it was like oh that like it was like the light had been flicked on you know like that's what it felt like did you feel like that for your own self applying what you were learning about your chart and how to read it yeah I think it helped me clarify the situation that I was in at the time um I think astrology can illuminate things that you already know about yourself and then like you know give it a description but like you you do have the same chart from like when you're born to when you pass too so you have it for your entire life and then it means different things throughout that entire lifespan and then so yeah like realizing things about yourself through reading the world through reading the chart it's kind of continual and then yeah i'm i'm not sure like it can yeah, and make you realize something that like you don't to like some extent already know too. And then that's mm. how people I work with. It's like it's not like I'm like telling you things about yourself or like things are coming out of the blue to you. Like we're actually conversing, we're trying to generate new information through conversation. But really, like, yeah, we're we're working with like, you know, who you already are. It's more, it's maybe more just like- helping you put it into a certain yeah. language put yeah. it into a certain yeah and sometimes I think we need that I have needed it to almost like give me permission to dig into or accept that part of me something you know dig like, into yourself yeah mm-hmm. right and being like some because I don't know whatever it is what whether it's families expectations or societies impositions whatever it is like we feel like we need to be boxed in a certain way mm-hmm. um or like if we're on a particular career path like it's like oh well I, this is what I studied in college uh, this is what I've already invested in this is just what I'm going to do even though knowing like you're that's not your passion that's not your calling and I think I feel like it's given me permission in in certain areas of my life and yeah but it's not like it's like oh my god I didn't know that about myself right it's not really it's not really that yeah yeah Yeah. that's so true yeah like what's your sun moon rising so I'm an Aquarius sun Aries moon Virgo rising oh nice yeah you know I have but Aquarius Aries too yeah oh you do yeah apparently though I'm very Virgo so my astrologer 
um, which I was really um, kind of disheartened to hear at first oh, really? because I was really proud of being Aquarius. I yeah. don't know. Aquarius just sounds so, so cool. Yeah. Before I knew much about it, but I have a lot of Virgo, I guess like your the rising is really powerful, right? Like the rising yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your Mercury? Cause then Mercury rules your chart. If you're in Virgo. Ooh, I have no idea what oh, that is. Okay. It must, it must, mm -hmm. I, I feel like Virgo just rules my, like whatever. Yeah. I don't, I'm just very he Virgo heavy is what I hear. <laughs> um, which I accept now and like I use it for, you know, for good, but, um, yeah, and the Aries moon was also kind of one of those things that like, yes, was accurate, but like, I never, because I, I equate that to like being really fiery, being really like, um, you know, having, right? I don't know if that's accurate, but like, mm -hmm. and if you've ever heard like the Korean temper, oh, I don't know yeah. if you've heard that. Yeah, right? A and stereotype. so I, yeah. it is a stereotype. But so that's also why I was like, no, you're right. just, that's not true but actually for me is mm -hmm. quite relevant. Like mm -hmm. I am very fiery when it comes to emotions and, nice. but like, and kind of in like the rising, but then also the like tamping out of it. It's like quick, oh, you yeah. know, it's just like yeah. not sort of this, like, I'll like forget what I was mad about or really, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. it just kind of passes. Um, but I just wanted to, I don't, I, whatever I thought an Aquarius represented, I, before I knew, understood more, um, really wanted to identify with just like mm -hmm. I don't know like head in the clouds like such a right. thought leader trendsetter just like totally. marches to the beat of their own all this stuff and and it's like no actually you're like kind of neurotic oh um you know <laughs> like um yeah and then you've you've got like your your really your emotions are like oh, a little bit crazy and but it was like oh no that's true Oh. Um, but then, but the more, you know, understand about something, the more you, it yeah. doesn't control you, right. Yeah. Whatever parts of it that may have felt controlling, I, as I understand it more can like, I, I know that about myself and I can kind of yeah. manage it better. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on, um, Jungkook from BTS. Oh yeah. Is that who you, who you're <laughs> saying he released his, his, um, birth. Well, I mean, everyone must have known his birthday already, right? And yeah, location. Yeah, yeah. So he he must have released his birth, like somehow yeah. his birth time became public. His birth time? He tattooed on his arm and he has a clock wow. tattooed on his arm. That's his birth time. But we were never sure AM or PM. And then mm. recently, and that's a big on, difference. It's a huge difference. AM is a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. But recently on live, he confirmed it's 323 or 325 PM. Yeah. So. Now we know the exact time we can look at his like chart. You know, he actually, I think because like his chart doesn't have any wood and then his name has a wood radical in the Hanja. So I was like, mm. like I feel like he maybe tattooed it on his arm because he's into astrology too. Mm. And then, yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm into BTS. So like, um, I know that he had this old Twitter from before he debuted that was following astrology content mm -hmm. and like really into horoscopes. So I was like, he, he knows his chart. Yeah. Well, what it is, what it is, was there anything you, I'm sure you looked at the Western astrology and it lo sounds like you looked at the, his, I can't say, I always feel like I'm butchering Chinese words, but Batsu, yeah, I looked at both. And I feel like he's probably more familiar with 
the Bazi or Saju chart. Um, mm. And the reason why is because there's like a Shinsha in his chart called Gold Safe or Golden Closet. Mm. And then mm. his film production studio is called Golden Closet Films. And mm. his new album is going to be called Golden. So I was like, okay, like, yeah, like there's no way he doesn't know about it. Yes. Yeah. 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 But you've never found interviews of him explicitly talking about it. He did talk about it another time in life where I think he said something like, "I don't have any wood in my chart." Yeah. So they all so, know it. They all know. Is there anything that you see that informs his massive success and talent? <laughs> Can you like see that? Like, oh man, this this person was destined to become, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Because like when you so like in all these systems, you read them and then. There's like, there's something about it that's very archaic too. So when you look at the Bazi chart, it's like, oh, here's how you function like, like a Confucian way even. But right. there's like not so much information about like, well, what would be your success if you were in a boy band? Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you know, right. his fire? Because he's like, so his day master is fire. It's surrounded by other fire. So that's a lot of peers. Mm. So I was like, okay, you're in a seven-member boy band. Like you have a lot of like-minded people around you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there something? Can you see that in his Western chart too? His Western anything- chart. Um, it's like Sun and Moon in the ninth house, and then his Mercury's exalted in Virgo as well. So yeah, he's born the new moon um, eclipse in Virgo, and then Mercury's there as well. And then he um, has like, you know, chart ruler Saturn and fall in the fourth house. And then he has, um, yeah, dignified Venus in Libra in the 10th house. So I mean, a lot of strong placements for sure. But again, it's not like a system where it's like, oh, hey, like, um, yeah, here's your success as a boy band member. Or I right. don't like so much. Like maybe, yeah, the, the prominence of the chart ruler in Venus. Um, yeah, and then the sun, too. The sun rejoices in the ninth, and then it's there with Mercury. What's what's the ninth house again? It's ninth house. It's where the sun has its joy, and then it's it's like it's the house of like publishing. It's the house of like what you think. And, mm. Yeah, things like that. I think you said earlier you got into it because it was just fun. You're having fun with it, it's so and fun. it is so fun. Yeah, yeah. there's something like there's something so magical about it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It feels very comforting somehow yeah. just to, I, I guess it's cause it feels like a connection to some sort of source energy and like, yeah. and it gives some maybe deeper meaning to mm-hmm. what feels, what can often feel like a mundane life. Yeah. Um, it's very mythical so, and element. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really lovely in that way. Before we, I have no, we're running out of time, but like, why did you name your book? Like, but the post-colonial, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about, I feel like the word colonial or um, decolonizing, uh, like that is just a very buzzy idea these days you know like I mentioned I I think I mentioned I was teaching yoga and um I started teaching in like 2003 and we didn't have the language to understand kind of the like very appropriative nature of what it means to teach yoga in the western world in America and like just the big big problems of like the wellness industry overall when it comes to I don't just true 
social justice, like for whatever, you know, like just understanding like the racism and the white supremacy that runs through it all. Like, but I didn't, we didn't, I didn't have that language back then, but I, there's something as the years went on that just felt very uncomfortable for me. And in recent years, I've come to understand it. And I'm now seeing like within the yoga world, there's people like there's accounts about decolonizing yoga, you know, or like just closing the wellness gap and all this stuff. And I just wonder where the, you know, the title of your book came from and like what is important to you. So post-colonialism, like it's, um, it's like a theory practice that's about recognizing the existence of colonialism, first of all. And then I'm also about imagining world post. And then, I mean, you know, like astrology, it's like it's developed with colonialism. So there's a lot of meanings that we have to reckon with, like inside of the language itself, but also how we practice it for sure. Um, so doing both simultaneously. And then uh, I mean, like what that looks like sometimes isn't the same. But yeah, I mean, the book is called Postcolonial Astrology. It, it was it was suggested by my publisher. I wanted to name it something that was like kind of like you know, like magic ism or something like like doesn't really make sense it's a great name that they suggested well do you find are you really involved like do you know a lot of other astrologers are you involved in that sort of world or do you sort of work in your own kind of in your own space you know like or are you connecting with I'm curious what the industry looks like you know going back to my friend just feeling like being white and she's just like I don't want to add to this like it feels like such a white world already um I don't know do you sense that well it depends on where you're at too and yeah I do I mean I know a lot of astrologers hang out with people um like you know tell astrology jokes with people um (laughs) like things like that and then I mean there's a lot of people of color practicing astrology a lot of queer people as well sometimes you do go to the space and it's mostly white people um that's been changing the last few years and then yeah and then I mean yeah I'm on the east coast I don't know where you're at where your friend's at yeah I mean uh, well she yeah um she's in Portland (laughs) she's where um Portland Oregon she's pretty white I'm in New York Mm -hmm. um so we're we're nearby but um yeah do you find that Mm -hmm. Asian or BIPOC people or other people with, I guess, just non-mainstream identities seek you out intentionally because of who you are, you know, like, do you find that, like, the way I sought you out was definitely because I'm like, oh, I feel this connection with our, like, racial background and I'm, and the work you do, um, do you think that there's people that are aware and wanting to get the information of people that they share more identity, you know, like, characteristics with? Yeah, I mean, yeah, my clients do tend to be people of color. Um, and that's not to say, like, oh, like, we agree about everything. Like, we don't. And then that should be the case. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think people seek out readings when they're going through a period of transition. They want, like, a space to narrate some of what's been going on. So I hope people seek me out, like, when that's going on, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, I feel like on the East Coast, like, I, I feel like astrology tends to be more diverse. Um, like, I don't I don't know about that, though, because I haven't really lived on the West Coast. But I do feel like from, like, 
like maybe it's because like when I do like when I go to the west coast I'm there the visitor and then I only see like a in top layer or something of yeah. what's going on the high the highlights the yeah the highlights yeah. Of, of, uh, yeah yeah you're very like actively out there as who you are and yeah. you know the, what you talk about and so that will naturally attract like, yeah as, you know like-minded not not having the same thoughts or whatever necessarily but the maybe the sim- similar openness right of like how you want to move through the world ultimately and the people that you want in your life and the conversations that you're having and like I just want to ask you like you're you are really you're active on social media it's got to be a big part of the way you reach your you reach people I don't know I've always had this like pretty tenuous relationship with social media like I, I get Oh, it just gets overwhelming and I just want to like, <laughs> like delete, delete. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what's your relationship with it? Like, like it, I feel like you use it so beautifully. You use it really well. Like you, you share such interesting, inspiring information. And I would imagine you get a lot of good feedback and comments from people. Like, I feel like you've created a really lovely space, but like, how does it feel for you? Like, is it, do you love Instagram basically? <laughs> I, I yeah I I don't love Instagram like I don't yeah I don't love social media I like I grew up when the internet was more like splintered not just like three big websites so yeah I don't like the consolidation factor of social media yeah I, I like the diverse landscapes like of different like geo cities and things like that um but yeah I mean like I usually just like schedule in different posts and then have a schedule too so sometimes I don't look at it and then sometimes I do because it is like it's kind of cool to be like seeing what people post which is a different type of connection than just talking with them too um yeah yeah so I appreciate it and I also have my feelings about it yeah, yeah, totally same. But why are there so many bot accounts? I know there's, there's so but many. It, particularly there's a lot um with your like variations of your handle. I know, right? You I know don't that? know why. I, like, okay, <laughs> they have that? me blocked, so I don't know like what all the scammers are doing. Like, I can't even see them. Is actually right. the case, and then but then people will tell me like, hey, like I just got scammed from this person pretending to be you. I feel like you know that sucks. Like, I why it's yeah. like why why though it's so right. bizarre. Yeah, it's I have like no idea. Yeah, I've had I think that when I initially followed you like a while back, somebody with like a very similar handle it's, it's followed me back, and it wasn't no, it wasn't you because I went mm-hmm. I saw it initially, and then um. But then I think there was a number in it or something like, and right. the, you know, it just looked weird. And then when I clicked on it, uh, I was like, obviously, I don't know. It had maybe like 300 followers or something. It was really small. And I'm like, oh my God, this isn't, this isn't them. It's you know, scam. like this is, yeah, it's yeah. And, yeah. but I've seen so many since I think. I don't like, know. Yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, they took other astrologers too. It's like, I like, I, I notice like, it with astrology. Yeah, Instagram needs to do something about it. Because it's kind of, it, like, it's not cool that people are getting scammed. Um, like, there's a, like, there's a rise in scamming as an industry, too, because, like, people are getting trafficked to work these scams. Mm. And then they're trapped mm. in situations, too. So it's like, if, okay, like, if the social media, like, entity does something to crack down it, then, like, if the industry can't do it, then there's going to be less of that going on, too. So, 
I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and then on top of that, people are losing money too, losing money that they need. I'm understanding now it's because people who find these scammer accounts mm -hmm. are looking to book those services, like, right. Book, book, whatever, maybe like an astrology reading or something. Yeah. And they're thinking they're doing it with the authentic person and then it's not, but maybe they give their money, like they pay and right. it's, so then, it's really, yeah. like, it must be because astrologers, um, offer you're offering mm -hmm. like you would, it's you, it is sensible that you would sell a reading through social media you know so the person who doesn't realize they're being scammed they're no, like oh that makes sense that yeah I would you know but um, yeah but no I never yeah. dm people like never ever I think in the past three years I've dm someone once so right and then that was like someone I personally knew and then so like right, right. yeah it and it wasn't like yeah it was just like a personal correspondence so like I never dm people I, I don't even look at dms and yeah. for me, like, quote unquote, me is not me. Yeah. Is that so weird to just be like, you're being <laughs> impersonated by a, either, either a computer or whatever, like I think it a is person real having people. created. I think yeah, it's, it's real people. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Does that feel really violating? Like, it just seems I mean, like it would be. Yeah. I feel bad for people who are being scammed. I feel bad for people who are trafficked into like doing the scamming because you know like they're they're trapped is like what's going on and i yeah. have for myself too because it's like it's it takes away from my credibility if people like actually confuse the scammer for me but like in the well you it's good you write it on your bio it's like right there like yeah, I yeah do I not, try to, the dm's yeah. not from me yeah, yeah and now and then i like i try to do like an email blast or a post where it's like psa like if you get a dm from it's not me like so i i try my best to alert people about like the situation but i've i've actually received this is not from someone impersonating you it was like someone totally random like i don't i don't even follow a person with a similar name but they were like I'm some spiritual guide and no that's a scam you know and yeah. it was like it but it freaked me out because it was like um oh. I have information about your children oh my god um, yeah it was like this long Fucked thing up. and I initially they could see that I had seen right it, you know because yeah. I like read it and they wrote like, I see that you saw, like, I mean, I really have wow. this important, like life or death information. And I knew it was fake, Yeah. but it still scared me. It you know, creepy. I was like, yeah. it's so creepy. Oh, and God. I was just like, oh, like, and I blocked that person, but I actually, I don't think I, I think I kept, I think, I don't think I deleted that conversation because I'm like, oh my God, this what if creepy. it's some like psychic that like knows something and no um, no, no oh but yeah yeah they all but say I, things I, like that yeah. but you know i message uh like one of the bots pretending to be me from my actual handle and then i was trying to call them to like you know confront them and then mm. like they were shooting me these messages like oh i'll give you intuitive i was like do you not see that it's me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's not like it feels very creepy but they know nothing about yeah but you're right it's got to be real people on yeah. the, because of the way that's what creeped me out at first I'm like it's a bot but then it just the way the language went mm -hmm. I'm like I don't think this is a bot yeah but then eventually I looked into it a bit more and I'm like oh this is like a scamming thing that right that happens it's so it's so messed up
Yeah, there's like a BBC documentary about the rise in scams called, um, like, it's called Shadu Pan. So it's called, like, bringing pegs to slaughter. And then people Ew. build long romantic relationships with the a fake person and then end up giving them their whole life savings. That's like so... It just seems like no, there's no way that would happen, but no, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah and particularly oh, to vulnerable people, like people. Maybe you find you're ill, and then you're going through something, and then you receive this kindness, and then yeah. There's um craziness out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh well, this has been such an awesome conversation. I'm like, I'm just this. There's so many questions I have, um, but I really appreciate that you have you went there with all the astrology talk and it was so fun yeah. talking with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I loved glad, it. I'm glad you reconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Is your book the latest thing for people? Um, post-colonial astrology. Is that the latest, your latest work out there? I have another book. It's called Aligning Your Planets. Are you gonna are you working on more writing projects? I am, but um, yeah, we'll see. Like, we'll, I'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you're you're probably you're always working on it, and it's it's kind of tricky to talk about it when it's not a finished product yet, right? Exactly. Just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a constant work in progress. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ace. This was awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Voices on the Side with me, Leah Kim. Voices on the Side is produced by Just Breathe. You can find out more at justbreatheproject.com. I would love it if you would tell your friends, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support so we can keep bringing you these amazing conversations.